morning. Thanks for the introduction, Pastor Evan. I feel no pressure now whatsoever. <laughs> okay, I'll just tell you, I am a product of the 60s and the 70s. That makes me a little older. And one of the things that was going on in the, at time was the space program. Anybody remember that? And the 60s were prolific with just airplane after airplane they would come out with. It was just amazing to me. And I, as you can tell, I like things that fly. My brother's the car person. I'm the airplane person. And then I'm flipping channels on the television and I discover Star Trek. Yes, I'm also a geek. And you could go anywhere and travel anywhere and have all these adventures in the universe. And then I discovered camping. And one of the joys of camping is there are no lights at night. And when you look up, what do you see? I never knew there were so many stars and things that were going on. And if you looked really hard, you could actually see maybe something, a light going across. And I knew it wasn't an airplane because it wasn't the strobe and it was probably a satellite. Very interesting. So, Terry, picture please. Our scripture starts off with the universe, talking about the universe. So, this is a picture from Hubble telescope. So what do you think of it? What do you think about uh, God when you see that picture? Feel free to, uh, you know me, I like interactive stuff. I'm, I'm more of a Sunday school type kind of guy. I'm not really a preacher teacher. So anybody have any thoughts on that? It's beyond your comprehension. Okay, anybody else? Sorry? Mighty. Mighty, okay. Anything else? Well, you remember Job had a little conversation with God about the universe, and I'll read that here in a minute, but I would like to ask, have you ever thought about God in different terms? Have you thought about the engineering that went into that? of that? David would be interested in that. Or the chemistry? Burns. How about the artistry? I can't make anything like that. I'm, I'm lucky I could paint on the walls and most of the paint goes everywhere but the walls. So it's good to think of God in different terms. So um, Job has a conversation with God. See if I can find it. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Now gird up your loins like a man, and I will ask you, and you instruct me. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who set its measurements since you know? Or who stretched the line on it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. I think you're right. It's, I, it's incomprehensible the things that God can do and the knowledge and the skills that he has. 
David starts out his psalm about the universe and the works of God and how self-evident they are and how much they speak to us but yet have no words and that they tell of the glory of God. Now I'm a numbers guy and so I say the same thing about financial statements and tax returns. I tell people if you look at those, the numbers are screaming at you and telling you a story if you know how to listen to them. And the same is with the universe. Now, I don't think David is really taking an opportunity to make a case for God that he exists because of all this that he does. I don't think that at all. I think he's telling us he does believe in God and this is one of the ways he knows that God exists, the pictures, the universe, and all that he has done. Probably didn't have a lot of street lights back then and so he was able to see the expanse uh, like we do when we're camping. I think he was also poking a little fun at the paganists back then who believed in the sun and worshiped the sun rather than the creator. And I think Paul does a little bit of that too in uh, Romans chapter one. I'd like to read that to you too. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made so that they are without excuse. For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they came, became futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became tools and exchange the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. Can you hear the universe talking to you at all? Can you see it in other things that are around you? I think God speaks very loudly. One of the things I think that Daniel or David knew why he was the creator is because look at all the experiences that he had with him and if you really want to know you can read in first Samuel and second Samuel about those one of the things I really learned about David is that he had a personal relationship with God and when I read the Psalms two words really stand out to me and this is what's in the end of our Psalm today and the two words are rock and redeemer so when you hear the word rock, what do you think of? Rock, paper, scissors, no? <laughs> what do you think of, what, when you think of the image of a rock, what do you think of? Strong, solid. I thought somebody would mention rock and roll, but now we have none of that. No bad company songs, rock steady. <laughs> well, a rock is very important. And anybody know of the Millennium Tower in San Francisco? Have you heard about it? Very expensive, very tall condominium. It's sinking and it's tilting. There's a lot of finger pointing on that, but the basic problem is this. What did they sink the foundation on? The sand instead of going 200 feet down more and hitting what? The rock. Rock was a little important. Kind of reminds you of the uh, parable in Matthew chapter seven. So for David, 
God was his rock. He was his strength. He was something he could anchor to. I, I, I look at those weather people in the hurricanes, I'm going, are you nuts? Why don't you just you know, anchor, put yourself on a weather balloon and fly, the, fly through the thing? I don't know. They never anchor themselves down. I don't know why. But he had a personal relationship with God, and so then he could say, God was my rock. Now, could he say that because everything always went his way? Well, no. It doesn't go, nothing goes everything our way. We remember that he slew Goliath, and God was with him then. And we remember him getting anointed as king. But you also remember that Saul, the king, tried to kill him. And he had to run for his life. And then he made some major mistakes in his life, some things he shouldn't have done. And there were consequences for that. But through all that, he could still say, God is my rock. And he knew that because he also said in Psalm 31, my times are in your hand. He believed that God was in control and that he was in charge and that he knew what he was doing. So he knew that from a personal point of view, but he also knew it from another point of view. And that's by this, his word. Now you have to understand for him, it was the Old Testament. But he also wrote a fair amount of what we find in the Old Testament. And this is what he says in our psalm today about what he thinks about God. And I want you to ponder on each one of them. He says he's blameless. He's sure. He's right. He's clean. He's enduring forever. His judgments are true and righteous. And he also knew that there were benefits from those laws. I mean, we got to ask, what's the, what's the best rule? You know, some people don't like the rules. But they're there for our own good. And because God loves us. And so even though... Um, people don't like them, Here, here's the benefits of them. Think about these. David said it restored his soul, the very essence of who he is. And that it was made the, the simple wise. And by simple, it means people with open minds, by the way. Not anything to do with your intellectual ability, but your willingness to listen. It rejoiced his heart and it made him glad. And it, it enlightened his eyes also said in another song thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway and they also provided warning for him against those things that might displease God or things that um, would interfere with our relationships with one another the whole thing is, is to keep that relationship with God and the word is going to help you to do that the second word he I mentioned was redeemer. So when I say the word redeemer, what do you think of? Anybody? Do you know what it means to redeem something? Buy back. I know I preached a sermon here years ago. I talked about SNH green stamps. <laughs> yes, and you would, I remember looking at them as a kid, and you would take them to a store and you would redeem them and you'd get 
whatever it was that you wanted. You know, we have that program now. You got frequent flyer program, right? And you've got uh, points from your credit card that you can buy things on. So the concept is buying back somebody that can pay for that. Well, he also knew that we're prone to make mistakes, but we're also prone to make transgressions or disobey God. All of us have done it at one time or another. And he knew he needed somebody to help him with that and to have forgiveness. None of us can pay that price. There isn't anything we can do. So he knew he needed a redeemer. I talked about the big mistakes that he made. And he had an adulterous affair. He got her pregnant. And to cover that up, he had her husband murdered. And then he married her. And it went on for about a year of covering things up and hiding it. Then Nathan the prophet came to him and said, I want to tell you a story. And at the end, he told him David was the one who had committed the crime. And so he wrote Psalm 51. Probably ought to read that sometime. Because he knew he needed a redeemer. He knew he needed forgiveness. He knew he needed to restore the relationship that he had with God. Thankfully, we have that. Today, our redeemer is Christ. We can come to him anytime and confess what we have done and we will find forgiveness and we'll find a restoration of a relationship between him and other people. So, we're, so my rock, the steady God, who's always there, provides things for us and the redeemer who is always there to restore a relationship that we break. How awesome is that? I've been reading the Bible a long time since I was a boy. And I have to tell you, I haven't really paid that much attention to Psalms until maybe in the last year and a half or two years. Of course, the Psalm is a song book. I kind of like narratives. They're more poetic. I go, eh. But I've come to really embrace them because in that time came a time of very troubling brokenness and negativity and I knew I needed something to get out of that and I, I think I was listening to a message on the radio and they were talking about reading Psalms and I think it was Dr. Boyce on Sunday morning he was going through the Psalms and I just had this thought you need to read the Psalms and so I started reading them and trying to, even though things were bad, trying to find the good, to praise God no matter what. And I found, you know what, there, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. There are things to praise God about even if things aren't going well. I have salvation. I have a God who has redeemed me. What better thing could happen so concentrate on that. I have a rock who's always there for me. And so I just read them one after another. And after a while, I go, I don't know which one to read, God. And literally, a number would pop into my head. And that's the one I would read that day. 
And after a while, I would just start to say, okay, Lord, what's my number today? <laughs> and I would read, and I would cry, and that's not easy for me because that's not the way I was raised. Men don't cry. They pretty much have one emotion. You can be angry, that's okay, and that's it. Well, that's wrong. Look at David, how emotional he was. It's okay. And then I started doing this. I've talked about that before, and I go, I'm turning into one of those people. You've heard me say that before. And I, I think I finally get it, what this means to do. And the Lord heard me. And I knew that the Lord was with me. I don't know where you're at today in your walk. I don't even know if you have a relationship with God. So I want to ask you these questions. And then I want us to pray. And I'm going to ask you to get out of your comfort zone. It's not going to be hard for some of you because you already do this. Do you believe that God exists? And do you believe he is in charge? And do you believe that he knows what he's doing? And do you believe that this is really the word of God and that it's just as relevant today as the day it was written down and God gave it to us? And for you, is God your rock and your redeemer? I'm going to ask you to close your eyes here shortly sit where you're at and I want you to try you don't have to hold your hands up very high I want you to hold your hands like this as we pray if you feel comfortable doing that I kind of call them God's antenna that's what I have learned there's something about this and I don't know what it is but I feel God closer so I'm going to pray a little bit, and I'm going to give you some little time in between to pray to God as well. So close your eyes, please. And if you feel comfortable, raise your hand. Thank you, Father, for all that you do for us. And I want to praise you. And thank be thankful that you are my rock, even though things may not be going well. I thank you for who you are, that you are steady and sure, pure and blameless. And now, silently, tell God what you're thankful for. Thank you, Father, for not only being our rock, but also our redeemer. And I pray that if there be any sins among us, that we would confess them to you, because you are gracious and loving and willing to listen and to forgive us. And so if there might be anything that is in the way between our relationship with you, that we would now confess that to you. And Lord, if there's anything that we have done wrong to our neighbor, 
We pray that you would help us to go to them and seek forgiveness. They may not accept it, that's all right, but at least try to repair the relationship. Or if there's anything that we know that we need to do for other people that you've been asking us to do, that you would help us to do that. And so I pray, Lord, that you would now listen to our prayers for reconciliation with others or things that we might do for them. pray now, Lord, for this congregation, for those that are here and those that are on the internet, those that couldn't be with us, that your spirit would be with them, that you would help them to hear you, hear that you love them, hear that you are there for them. You're just waiting for them to come to you. Thank you, Lord, for what you have done in my life, in the lives of these people. And I thank you for the church, this church, who cares about each other, who believes in the word of God, and who desire a great relationship with you. Thank you again for all that you've done, and be with us this week. Speak to us, and may we listen. In your name we pray.